I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Tonight, Panorama focuses on the terrace gangs who follow one small second division club, Millwall, in London's Dockland. And that is involved, including in our film, language you don't usually hear on television. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Hello, good afternoon and welcome to a actually quite pleasant den now, listeners, for the visit today of Blackpool. The orange or tangerine and blue clad Blackpool has actually turned into a moderately pleasant cold afternoon. Earlier on, standing outside the ground, it was biblical in its proportions of cold, wet, hail, sleet. The only thing that was missing was locust, famine, pestilence and war. I've literally just got in the ground three minutes into the game. My name is Nick Hart. Big welcome to all you listeners to Achtung Millwall. As you can hear, the crowd are into the game. Today's team, headed ball forward, there is Lee Gregory chasing the ball down. The backpool player has been fouled by Gregory on the way through there. Unlucky. So, middle team today, Jordan Archer's in goal. I see Carlos Edwards in the unfamiliar role of left back. Mark Beavers, Byron Webster, Romeo, the hot prospect Romeo, I think is going to go the distance, listeners. Across the midfield, we've got Ferguson. Abdu and Ben Thompson in midfield, Jed Wallace over on the right, and up front the dynamic duo of Lee Gregory, Steve Morrison. Here comes Ferguson over on the left-hand side. Um, Carlos Edwards taking up the unfamiliar left-back role, obviously enough, because of the booking for Joe Martin midweek versus Wigan, 0-0. And he's suspended for today's game, so that brings in Carlos in an unusually uh, left-sided role for him, but I'm not too sure how that's going to work out. We shall see. Lovely inside ball is Wallace now. He's, his cross is uh, blocked by the Blackpool defence. It goes out for Mill corner five minutes into the game. First Mill corner of the game. I'm sorry if I sound all a fluster, but I've, it was literally it was fucking miserable outside, actually. Um, standing selling with uh, Aisha of uh, the Lion Roars. Um, the rain just turned into heavier rain then suddenly became a, uh, an apocalyptic scene of hail 
and I even it even drove me to buy one of Asia's lovely umbrellas, blind Royals umbrellas. Here comes the headed ball into the mix there, but Beavers headed the ball off the lines of the governor. Mill corner, the side on the left-hand side. Chance there for the Lions. So apologies if I don't sound with it. Um, it was beyond horrid. I'm being all dramatic now, I'm being all thespian on a beyond horrid. It wasn't that bad, really. It's just a bit cold and wet. Here's uh, Shane Ferguson now with the corner down below me. Six minutes on the clock. Ball comes in, floated in towards the centre spot. It goes across everyone. And the Blackpool defence will bring it away. So the Lions genuinely unlucky on Tuesday night. We threw everything, the kitchen sink, the furniture and the bath itself at Wigan. Ten-man Wigan, of course. And uh, chance upon chance. I thought, uh, personally, you know, uh, the Wigan goalkeeper performed out of his skin for them. And we were genuinely unlucky. Uh, you can't always say that on some of the miserable Tuesday nights we've endured at the Den this season. But for me, last Tuesday was genuinely unlucky by me not to get the win. There's a ball into the box. It's Gregory. One to Lee Gregory. Close range header. The far end from Carlos Edwards. Seven minutes gone. One ball to the Lions. Nicely taken chance by the goal machine. Gregory! A long throw from Carlos Edwards into the box, it bounces over the heads of two Blackpool defenders and headed in at close range by the man, Lee Gregory. Simple chance, terrible defending by Blackpool, terrible, terrible defending by Blackpool. If I was a Blackpool fan, which God forbid, thankfully, well, thankfully I never will be, I'd be absolutely astounded. I'd come all the way down from the other end of the country, from Lancaster grounds down to London grounds, to watch that piece of shit defending by their, their, their defenders. One nil, one nil Millwall, good start. So an unfamiliar left-back role for Carlos Edwards, as we've already said. But he's, he must go down with the assist on that, on that goal, because it was his throw that evaded both of the Blackpool defenders and made it through to Lee Gregory inside the six-yard box. So, left-sided defender Carlos Edwards with the assist. Pitch looking a little bit um, cut up down there on the halfway line. Um, right side of the, of the uh, mill pitch seems to... I think it's the one that gets the shade. I, I do recall if, um, a couple of years ago seeing these kind of like cannabis-growing machines, infrared machines out on the pitch. Not growing cannabis. Cannabis. I can't even talk, that's how cold I've got, listeners. Cannabis machines. They produce like an artificial sunlight and they're trying to grow the grass, if I recall. Um, but no, the, the right side of the pitch does look a little bit worn. And um, the pitch overall um, is, at, I mean, on the left hand side, um, as I'm looking, left hand side is also looking a little bit cut up. So the old pitch is starting to show its age, this, uh, this advanced point in the season. So, yeah, cold, damp, bedraggled. Sometimes I do wonder if I... Maybe I've got like a screw loose missing. I think to be a Mill fan, you have to have a screw loose of some sort or another. Don't you, listeners? Some, some divert that into um, football violence, some into general uh, loud mouthery, and some into making podcasts and, and fanzines. So that's my screw that is loose, standing around in the pissing rain and cold and hail to bring you a magazine that no one wants to buy. <laughs> Now I sit talking to myself in a stadium, recording. So yeah, I, 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 maybe it's a delusional thing, isn't it? It's a delusion. I'm sure Freud would have an opinion that it's probably some repressed sexual urge of some sort. So here come Blackpool. 
Matsu tries to slow the ball through towards the forwards. It goes right straight through to the all-red clad Jewel Narger. Steve Morrison works a free kick there. He got, he got shoved by the, uh, the the big Blackpool defender, but he, he got shoved. I think ordinarily, if he hadn't made any reaction, the, the free kick wouldn't be given. As it was, he looked askance at the referee and won the free kick. Blackpool not looking too great at the moment. Let's, let's hope I'm not tempting fate with those words. Here comes Ben Thompson down the right-hand side. He's overrun two players there. He's going to take it out for a goal kick. Unlucky Ben Thompson. 15 minutes. Mistake there by... Webster almost puts the uh, back ball forward and through on goal. He recovers enough to get the foul inside the mill penalty area. 16 minutes. Little moment of uh, hesitation there by Byron Webster. Marlon, nice work there. He's got Jed Wallace now. Can he cross the ball? He can cross the ball. In towards Gregory's glancing header. Escapes uh, Jimmy Addo following in behind him and also escapes the post. Goes for a goal kick. Today is, of course, Jimmy's day, the um, annual event that the club does in association with the Jimmy Mizzen Foundation for Jimmy. I think they've renamed it now. A fantastic cause, truly, truly um, immense family. They sustained an awful loss, as, as I'm sure all the listeners will know to the, to the show. Lost their young son to a stabbing incident in Lee Green. Very, very sad event. But the way that they have risen above the tragedy and have gone on to campaign for an end to knife crime, for kids generally to um, turn away from such, you know, such, such activities is, is actually quite uplifting. And today's Jimmy's day. Um, volunteers handing out the armband, uh, wristbands outside. I've got one of myself. Um, Honoured to uh, be able to make a donation to that fantastic cause. And I hope that everyone here today made a good, uh, a good donation. I know that Mill fans normally do. We are in incredibly generous as a group of fans. Pound for pound. I think possibly the most generous fans in London. There's a post here from Margaret Mizzen, Jimmy's mother. Mill fans simply are the best, and we should know they've supported us so much since we lost our Jimmy. Great words, Margaret. Shane Fergus now on the left. He's got the Blackpool 17 in front of him. He's taking on a kind of a duel. He outruns. It's going to be a corner. Cross in, blocked by the 17. Mill corner from the left-hand side now. Ferguson from the left-hand side into the mix again. Shouts for handball. Shouts for handball. I'm not sure it was uh, as deliberate as the crowd are claiming there. Ball in boxes. Steve Morrison in space. Takes on his man. Ball in, tries to cross it. His blocks. Blackpool desperately defending at the moment. They're uh, hoping to survive, I think, in a minute. Survive one goal down. If they go two down, they come. I know the game will be up today for them. Strange little report I picked up from ITV News on Twitter earlier on today. Listen, see what you make of this. But um, this was a poll of Londoners. I don't know what large size of poll or how scientifically done. Done by YouGov. So they're a fairly um, authoritative polling source, aren't they? Um, 12% of Londoners, only 12% of Londoners claim to have ever encountered a Millwall fan. So it's 12% of the capital claims to have met a Millwall fan. That, that leaves, what, 80... 88% of people in London, in this 7, 8 million people have never met a Millwall fan. Make of that what you will. 52% um, have had an impression of which 45% of those people had a negative impression. <laughs> so most, most people in, in London have never met uh, a Millwall fan. And even if they haven't met one, they've got a negative impression of us. So um, fuck them, is all I can think to say. Who gives a shit about that? Interesting story, though. We were, I think it was us and Chelsea that had the most negative impressions. Um, of, of all the Mill, Mill, uh, all the London clubs. Blackpool on the attack here is a 17 from the edge of the penalty. That's Mill defence blocked quite nicely. Though. 
is Carlos. Running into the central zone, gets clattered. Wins a free kick, got the full team. Real free kick. About 25 yards out, just on the left side of the D. At the moment, Milwin cruise control. 1-0 ahead. Looking dangerous every time they come forwards and planning making arrangements for the second goal. This looks like it's going to be a Jed Wallace shot, I anticipate. Though I claim no mystic powers of Fossil. No old Moore's Almanac. Here comes Wallace. They're straight in the net. Fantastic. Looks straight through the wall. Bradford defence are screaming. Blue murder each other. 29. And the four screaming abuse each other. And straight through the, the uh, Blackpool wall. Such as you can call it a wall. That makes it 2-0. Jed Wallace. Fantastic shot on goal. 2-0. to, to zero. the replay it looked like it went through the wall hence the um, altercation between the Blackpool defenders there they really cannot be happy with what they're seeing there these Blackpool fans not there's that many of them but fair play to those that have come down I, I'm not knocking Blackpool fans I actually uh, don't mind them as a club they're in the grip of a mad Monona aren't they Oyston um, didn't, wasn't he taking legal action against half his own supporters and the campaign to get him out which seems to have failed miserably must be a miserable place, mustn't it? Blackpool, having a club like this in the, in the, in the dire straits. They were in the Premier League not so long ago under the Madman Holloway. So 25 minutes approaches, mill two goals to the good. Um, playing at 80%, I think, really, the lines, although we've looked good. Don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking the lines. We don't have to be at much more than 80%. This is a very poor-looking Blackpool side, and they are there for the taking, if they have not been taken already. They look demoralised. Blackpool looked demoralised. Only 25 minutes into the game, and they look a little bit like lost lambs that have wandered off from the field. And one's fallen in the river, and it's bleating for the farmer to come and get it, and the farmer's back at home having his dinner with his wife. And the, the little lamb bleats on, they're still stuck in the water. That's what Blackpool look like. Newell first for every loose ball at the moment. This is Wallace, plays it wide. Romeo going down the right-hand side. The boy looks the prospect into the box. That's set Morrison, header over the bar. Nice move. Morrison kind of backtracking slightly there to get the header on it. Romeo put a lovely, lovely floaty ball into the box. Morrison having to come backwards and he couldn't get under it, or over it, and get it downwards. So it's gone over the bar. Ball just bobbling around the middle defence. Blackpool having a little bit of a hint of um, a little flurry of danger here. As they've got the ball now just outside the middle. There's a four. And one, two. They're passing the ball around well at the moment. Mill just need to concentrate on their game. They haven't looked great so far. 14 now, just on the edge of the bench here. This is dispossessed. There's Jimmy Abdu to bring it away. He finds Morrison. Beats his man! 27 minutes. Morrison's through on goal. He's got Gregory wide. He'll probably put the cross in. Tries a shot and it's blocked. Gone for a corner. Whether it's going to be a shot or if it's going to be a cross. He, had, he was looking for Gregory, who's was, was wide left. But the cross was blocked. So it's gone for a corner. 28 minutes. Floated in from the right hand side. So that's cleared by the Blackpool defence. Abdu does well. He's, got, he's up against this big lumbering defender. The 29. Abdu snapping him like a little terrier, like a little Comoros Island terrier, a well-known breed of dog, the Comoros Island of terrier. The 
big number two for Blackpool's having a mare. He's just got beaten there by the, the attentions of Lee Gregory. He's conceded a throw-in when uh, another player would have expected to have cleared the size, the disproportionate size between the two players. He's having an absolute mare, that number two. His own players are looking at him. Let's put it that way. He's that kind of mare. Well, it's cold, but beautifully sunny day suddenly, listeners. I'll tell you what, standing outside on Zampa Road when I was being pelted by hail, biblical proportions, as I've said already, I wouldn't have believed this could be the turnout for the afternoon, but it is actually quite nice. Floodlights are on. It's cold. It's a hard day. A kind of sunny day. The be beloved of... All back into the mix there. Jordan Archer takes... On the same day, beloved of artistic impressions of new developments, such as might what be happening with the renewal and our car park outside. Incidentally, I don't know if you've tuned in yet to our previous show, Show 73, our special with the uh, Association of Mill supporters, Paul and Mickey of the AMS, recorded last Tuesday night before the Wigan game. Well worth a listen. Controversial episode, you make your own mind up what they're trying to do. The amount of information they put into the public arena on behalf of our club. But you tune in, you have a listen, you make of it what you will, whether they are um, well-meaning or playing some kind of underhand game, I don't believe it, but see what you make of it when you listen and tune in. Take the chance, take the time, take the trouble in your car, on the train, download it from iTunes, download it from acast.com, find it and have a listen because I think it's well worth it. See what you make of the AMS, our special show, Show 73. 37 minutes gone whilst I've been selling my own product there, for which I make huge sums of money. Huge sums of money, honestly. I want to take a cut of this renewal development when I get the, you know, and take the, get our advertising stream revenue through. I'm in on it. Don't you worry about that. Me and Dave Sullivan, me and Jordana. Blackpool being forced backwards whilst I'm talking. 38 minutes gone, all the way back to the goalkeeper being chased there by Steve Morrison. That's almost as fantastic well to get the, the ball. Abdul wins it back. Morrison's offside at the moment. Jimmy delays, delays. Back to Marlon. Fantastic work, hard work there by Steve Morrison to track, chase that ball down on the goalkeeper. Almost panicked him into a, a dodgy clearance and almost um, worked a situation there. We'll stay tuned after today's proceedings, listeners. We're going to have Charlie Mahoney back. Always one of my favourite contributors, Charlie. I always have time for his droll delivery. And um, we'll be talking to him later tonight to review today's events. So stay tuned after today's live piece for the Charlie Mahoney section. Injury time at the end of the first half after that stoppage there. So it's going to be a corner. Nine is going off into the sunshine of the Witten Timber gardening shed over in the, uh, the left side of the Cold Blow Lane. In. Don't know how much time extra has been given listeners because uh, Mr. Bye for now hasn't read it out. I, I didn't actually see the man with the little uh, you know, scoreboard that stands up by the, by the fourth official. So I don't know, or well, the fourth official, he doesn't have a, a man standing by him, does he? The fourth official. Hasn't actually held up the uh, number of minutes, so I'm just going to have to play lag this and play it by here. Blackpool on the attack at the moment. Just a slightly um, relaxed air about the lines at the moment. It's a ball into the box there. It's actually blocked by Mark Beavers and hacked clear by Byron Rebson. We'll just need to stay switched on, get through the two to half-time 2-0 and retain the demoralised sense that Blackpool must have at the moment. If they get a goal back, then they might take some form of comfort into that dressing room. As it is, there are two clear goals behind, and deservedly so. So we just need to keep this corner out at the very death of the half now. It's floated into the box, bobbling around. Archer punches it clear. Bobbling off the line, and clear. Wow. The ball, the ball's got a scuff shotted through there, and there's about four or five lines defenders on the goal line itself. 
Lee Gregory's just been pulled down on the halfway line. I think that's a second yellow card for the Blackpool defender. He acted desperate. The ball was floated into the mix there. Punched clear by Jordan Archer and then put back in by, I think, by the four. He didn't really get hold of it. Archer couldn't get a grip on it. It was actually cleared off the line by the Mill defence. A little bit of a, um, a hairy moment. That's, that's as close as Blackpool have come in the whole half to scoring a goal. There's half-time. Mill lead it. 2-0, deservedly so. One of the more one-sided contests seen at the Den in recent years. Um, slight hint of a chance there at the end of the first half, which was in the extra time of the first half. Cleared off the line by from Blackpool, but they really wouldn't have deserved that goal if it had gone in. As it is, the Lions deservedly 2-0 ahead. Should possibly be more. Um, totally dominant, really, in the whole half. Standout mentions for Steve Morrison, who's been doing well up front. And indeed, the uh, the whole the whole side. I mean, every time they come forward, Marlon Wright, Romeo's looked dangerous. The whole midfielders looked dangerous in that first half. So there we are. Mill will lead it 2-0. We're going to take a short break. I'm going to run you a little report I did for the Wigan game last Tuesday night. And then we'll be back after that with the second half. Achtung, Mailball. Welcome to the Den, listeners. It's Achtung Millwall's match report for Tuesday night's home fixture versus Wigan. Pretty much a top of the table clash, really, isn't it? We're in the playoff zone, they're in the playoff zone. We're in the top two now. So it's Mill team for you, listeners. Jordan Archer, defensive line, Romeo Webster, Beavers and Joe Martin. Across the middle, Wallace, Abdu, Thompson, Ferguson with Gregory and Morrison up front. Sitting on tonight's bench, David Fall. Remember him? Sid Nelson, Carlos Edwards, Sean Williams remaining on the bench. Some debates whether he might start tonight, but Williams on the bench, Fred on the Denmark, Aidan O'Brien, and Ben Philpotts. Ben Philpot? Philpot. Let's just stick with Philpot. Philpot's on the bench. Well, someone posted online the other day, when do we play Wigan and it doesn't matter? Tonight's game matters. Lines with a draw on our Saturday up at Doncaster. Points dropped, I think we'll see that as. Bad sign already, the, the point off has been lost and Mill will be attacking the Coldplay Lane end in the first half, never good. Wigan in an all red strip tonight, Lions will be attacking our home end in the first half and your way into the second half. We're going to do a brief match report tonight, so we're going to be back again at half time with proceedings and then again at full time, I hope. But we have good news to report, see you shortly. Achtung. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spurs Mill had a penalty shout at the break on the death of the half. Not given, as you can gather by those boos. Nil-nil, uh, half-time. Wigan down to 10 men. It's been an all-action, all-pressing um, fantastic performance by the lines of any respects. You can hear the applause as the, as the players leave the pitch. For nil-nil, that speaks volumes. That was a, that was a very well-conducted half of football by Millwall. Wigan's passing style has been negated by our pressing high and in midfield. One or two chances for the lines earlier on, but nothing apart from that late, late shout there for a penalty, which wasn't given. Otherwise, no great threat from Wigan, especially now down to ten men. Nearly one and a half from back at the end of a match to appraise you of the final score. Achtung, Mailball. Listeners, Muriel on the night. Muriel had chance upon chance upon chance upon chance. Didn't take them. Close, but no cigar on the night. Wigan. See out the game with ten men. That's a two points dropped for Millwall. I think we have to regard it as such. We had heaps of chances overall, but unfortunately none of them were put in the back of the net. And therefore it remains nil-nil on the night. Fantastic team performance. I want to name check young Ben Thompson, I want to name check Jed Wallace, I want to name check Jimmy Abdul, and then check the whole side, Steve Morrison up front, Gregory, all work their socks off. It just was to no avail in the end. So there we are, Tuesday night at the den. Nil nil. We're going to see you Saturday. You're listening to Achtung Millwall. Second half was as you catch me halfway through a hobnob bar. Away we go. Excuse my rather rude sounds of mastication going on. Mast- mastication, by the way, not what you're thinking of. Mastication of my hobnob bar. Keep me going after my endurance in the cold. The wind and the rain selling the magazine outside. You've heard about that already. I don't know what I'm going on about it. I do hope not. Blackpool looking very, very second best in that first half. One late, late chance to close out the half. Just on the attack here. No defence brings it away. I can only imagine the Blackpool manager would have given his team an absolute rocket at half-time. They were very poor in that first half, apart from that late chance. And it was cleared off the line by the Lions defence, but otherwise they were not even in the contest. As it is, they have a free kick about halfway inside the middle half. So the ten's going to take. They've got their men forwards. They need something. They've had nothing in the, in the game at all. That's headed clear by Byron. Gregory's on the inside. Ferguson's going to try and cut inside. He does. Is Wallace. Ball's disp- is dispossessed. Ball's going to be taken away by the Blackpool defenders. He wins it back. He does fantastically well. The fact that we're winning the ball back implies the poor quality of this Blackpool defence. They really are 
um, a ship beached on the on you know on the rocks at the moment. I, I really can't see anything. If I were a Blackpool fan or, or a Blackpool manager for that matter, I can't see much I could take away from this match at all. It would be very dispiriting to be such a thing. Maguire, the old campaigner, Steve Morrison, he knows the site too much for half of these defenders in League One this season. He's, he's, he's studied at the court of King Neil who himself was taught and trained by the art, the devil incarnate of the black arts of football, Dennis Algernon-Wise. 51 minutes gone, the crowd are behind the lines, as you can hear. Blackpool play it wide right now, as the two. I thought he looked a little bit lost in the first half. He's coming forward, looks a better player going forwards. That's a ball into the box, dangerous looking ball. Headed clear by Mark Beavers on the 52nd minute. There's going to be a Blackpool throw. Over by the Kent, Kent FlooringCo.uk company sign. The carpet and flooring specialists. Maybe I should do that, give a little bit of a readout for some of the advertisers within the, the den. The Kent Flooring UK.co.uk company. Carpet and flooring specialists. The grey clouds have descended on the den. The floodlights are brilliantly illuminating the ground against the, the dark sheet grey sky. The flags standing proud in the wind. It's getting a bit grim and cold again, listeners. Back to winter. It was briefly quite nice and sunny here, but that's gloom has descended now. The sheet grey skies, the, uh, the old cell chip waste incinerator. Oh, poor work there by that defender. He almost conceded the ball to Steve Morris. It's going to be a, a Blackpool throw, just about. Nice work by Jimmy Abdul. Almost releases Lee Gregory down the right-hand side. As it is, Blackpool bring it away. Ball wide, trying to find the two. He can't control. Can he keep it in? No, he, he can. Yes, he can. He does well. Edwards into, into a clash there. Edwards goes down every time Carlos goes down there. You have a sense of a Ming vase being put through a dishwasher. He's rolling around at the moment. Made a 50-50 challenge on the two. Just about kept it in play. Carlos put it out of play and has gone down and stayed down after that, that move. The crowd are balling at the two. They must have, they see a clip over there, they see something. They really are abusing that boy. Offering him outside, one or two I think. Stewart standing with uh, arms in crucifix style, orange and yellow clad. Edwards is up, thankfully. Wanker. The two is getting a, a stream of abuse from the lower east over there. We had a kickoff over there last week and we, the whole section of the crowd were up on their feet screaming blue murder that bloke they must, they must have seen something I'm too far away from it listeners 56 minutes now they're uh, questioning his sexual tastes a little posse of uh, yellow clad stewards are being dispatched around a wise is finest go and confront the uh, angered fans of the east lower I'm not sure they'll put up much resistance looking at some of these walking around there some don't look like the brightest of buttons. Fair play to them for going round there and standing in the way, though. They adopt a kind of crucifixion-style stance when it kicks off, I've noticed. I'm not sure what they're supposed to do. Nothing, I think, is what it's, uh, it does do. Whether it's intended to do that, I don't know. The two join a lot of flack. Cloud on his case. Not sure he's used to that kind of attention. Wallace tries to pass his man, gets clipped. The referee's going to have to have his card out soon, the way this is going. He's already booked a couple from the backball side. He's calling the man over. I'm sure that should be a yellow. 
quarter of the way inside her own half. Left-hand side could be launched forward by Mark Beavers on the 58th minute, trying to find Steve Morrison. The two now is a man of attention, shall we say. He is a marked man within the den. Every time he gets it, he gets a torrent of booing. And I dare say worse than that East Lower side. You know what they're like, listeners, don't you? Scallywags, a lot of them. Cheeky chappies. Not averse to the odd uh, use of the F word, I dare say. Games are quite a little bit of an edge the last few minutes. It was drifting a little bit, 2-0 ahead, Millwall. Um, one, one guy I saw on Twitter describe it as a, akin to a training game at half-time. Blackpool have come out to try and get physical, I think, and the crowd have responded to that. So it's, it's a little bit of a battle of um, physique now, midfield especially. They're searching for something, anything they can get to get a foothold in the game. Millwall got to match them. We've got to be prepared to stand their ground. Carlos is down in the centre circle. He's clearly hurt himself on that challenge earlier on. He's, he's sitting down, 63rd minute, getting some treatment now from the Millwall trainer, looking at the bench. I think he's going to go off. He's going off to receive treatment. He, he's going to be substituted, I think. There he goes. That was a fully uh, committed challenge he made there. He's clearly got clipped by the, uh, the defender. Good round of applause for Carl's done well today in an unfamiliar left-back position. Who's going to come in? It's Ed Upson. Ed Upson's coming in. Here come Blackpool. Edge of the penalty area. Two shoots over the bar. 29 shoots, sorry. 29 shoots way over the bar. He was pushed leftwards when he probably would have liked to have cut in more centrally. But again, they're just starting to show a little bit of danger as this half progresses. Awful research there. Steve Morrison. Little one, two, eight. No brand. The edge of the penalty Morrison's in the net. Off the post, excuse me. Nicely angled shot from the edge of the penalty area. I thought that had gone in. It falls back to Jeb Wallace on the right hand side. Wallace gets, gets across him. That's going to be clear. It actually hit the post. I thought it was going to go in. At most unlucky, it kind of rebounded back along the line out and away. Remains 2 0. That poor certainly pressing forwards in a way they didn't come anywhere close to in that first 45. So 71 minutes. We'll still lead it. Should be three goals ahead. Having just seen Steve Morrison hit the, hit the post. But nevertheless, there's still work to be done here, I feel. It comes to 10 down the left-hand side of Mills. Penalty here now. He's, he's checked by Wallace in front of him. The 16 now puts a ball into the mix. Chested again. The eight, it's tipped over the bar. Eight with a shot on the volley. From outside the penalty area, tipped over the bar well by Jordan Archer. Hence Mill retained possession in the halfway line. Haven't really worked as much from open play in this um, second half. I think Blackpool raised their game. We've probably taken it down a gear. As I'm saying that, Ferguson's pulled back on the edge of the penalty area. The two, the second yellow card, the two's gone off. Pulled back by the arm as uh, Ferguson's going down the left side, about to burst into the penalty area. The two pulled him back in front of the goalkeeper. The crowd appeals. Referees put the yes, second yellow card out there and off he goes. That's a derision. That's a derision of the middle crowd, as you can hear. I think you remember his visit to the den, that player, number two, whoever he is. I don't intend to find out his name, listeners, as a mark of contempt. It's going to be a long, long drive home for the Blackpool squad, fans and management tonight, listeners. But damn their eyes, what do we care about that? We don't give a fig. Not to Tinker's cuss. Ball put forward into the middle box. Beavers bravely in there. Cut shout for handball from the backward defenders. I didn't see handball. 
but then I think was, the body was in the way. Here comes Jed Wallace, surging run, surging run, he's got no one overlapping him. He checks, shot is blocked. Morrison now picks it up on the chest, it's run wide and clear by the uh, last ditch Blackpool defender, last ditch stand. 79 minutes. Can't work by Jimmy Abdu, cuts out a little uh, right sided uh, parry, thrust, thrust. Parry, you parry a thrust, don't you, fencing? That was a right sided thrust by Blackpool, parried by Jimmy Abdu, our fencer. Epe, Epe. I don't know what I'm talking about, I'm not really up on fencing. 20 now, checks his ball in the, into the box, it's, it rebounds to the 10 on the left hand side of the Mill Penalty. 10 gets a shot into goal, it's going to be 2 1. Offside, oh, offside, shot in from the uh, the 10 from the uh, left side of defence, parried forwards by Jordan Archer, slotted home from close by I think the 9, but as it was, it was offside, offside, goal disallowed, 82 minutes, coming up for the 83rd, free kick ball wide right, Morrison three in the box, and ball, penalty, Morrison line up to shoot, it's uh, handballed by the backball defender, who's now they're tearing into each other yet again. Clearly an unhappy group of players. Referee's given a penalty for handball. 83rd minute, who takes? Morrison takes. Here we go. Morrison pulls the trigger, lines it up, in he comes. 3-0! Morrison takes a penalty, calm enough. Backball uh, kick goes right. Morrison slots into the left. Three to zero, game is over. Those Blackpool players might as well go back and get on their trains and go the fuck on. I've got the cold as it has been, listeners. I've now got the warm glow of a 3 0 lead to keep me company. Mill fans leaving early. Game's wrapped up, 88 minutes. People have buses to catch, trains to catch, wives and families to go home to, pubs to inhabit beer to be bought it's that kind of time of the day listeners where the game is in the back it's, it's one of those um, rare things really for us at the season normally we seem to be clinging on slightly and so the, the game is in the bag points are feel like they're being held back on the halfway line 89th minute turns yeah the game is the game is sewn up all deep into the into bits it's caught on a volley off the line there by caught on the line by the backward goalkeeper and that's going to be the finish of the match fantastic win for Millwall very very poor display by Blackpool overall but you can only beat who's put up in front of your listeners that's all you can do in this life and that was a solid win for the Lions 3-0 Gregory Wallace Morrison with a penalty um, just what was needed after that unlucky performance on Tuesday night so as I say we'll be back next week at Swindon but after the break I'm going to be talking to Mr Charlie Mahoney take it away Mr Bye for now what's that song you play here oh yeah this one Achtung Mailball massive welcome back to Charlie Mahoney long time no speak Charlie evening mate how you doing I'm good on the back end of a freezing cold uh, sleet driven grey 3 0 win that really warms you up, doesn't it? A 3 0 win really warms you up on a day like that. Very pleasing. I mean, I was walking down to the ground coming out of South Bermondsey Station 
and it was just this sleet everywhere and it was one of those <laughs> so occasions as you walk into meal and you think what the fuck am I doing <laughs> I, I must be mad I reached it. I reached that point about the same time I was standing selling the magazine and then it, this kind of biblical sleet started pouring down on my head. I thought, what the fuck am I doing here standing and selling a fanzine to nobody, basically, because everyone's scattered for cover. <laughs> it does make you wonder sometimes. <laughs> but what a, what a good result. I mean, just to talk about the game today, um, Blackpool were poor. I mean, I just want to get that caveat in from the very start. They, they, they were... Uh, Appalling to be to be fair, weren't they? They were as bad as maybe Swindon and uh, Colchester when they came to the den earlier in the season. Yeah, um, I think they just looked totally devoid of any sort of morale. It comes from issues off the pitch as well as on. And uh, yeah, as we saw, their discipline was pretty appalling. They just didn't seem to have any shape, any clue. Um, never really tested us, and it was a great time to be playing them, frankly. Yeah, we caught them at the right moment. I thought I saw a fantastic description of Blackpool as a team of 11 Richard Chaplows by uh, <laughs> Artisan Belgrade, as he calls himself now. Uh, and I thought that, that summed them up. It's, you know, they were kind of empty players in many ways. I mean, the, the opening goal, I think, epitomised their approach to the game, which was basically the most um, straightforward long throw from Carlos Edwards on the left left-hand side in his unfamiliar left-back role. Probably a good day to be trying that as well, Charlie. You know, the right right back in a left-back role. But that, that his long throw bounced over two Blackpool defenders who didn't look interested in the it football. Was, it was incredible. Um, I don't know what the world's coming to if uh, Neil McDonald didn't give them an absolute bollocking at half-time. It was sort of pub team defending, really, for the first goal. First and, goal, uh, totally, and even and in fairness, the, I mean that was that was bounced over two defenders and headed in from close by goal machine Lee Gregory, um, and in fairness, the second goal, which was uh, Jed Wallace's free kick, seemed to go through the wall. I think they just didn't want to get hit by the, they didn't want to get hit hard by the football, did they? It's like being back at school again, you know. Well, someone mentioned on Twitter as well, um, just to jump forward a little bit when um, when the left back, uh, sorry, the right back was sent off. Yeah. Sent off. Someone said that he was actually smirking as he was leaving the pitch and that just seems to be symptomatic of the old team's approach to the game it, it was if they didn't really care what happened no I mean you're right I mean we're, we're, we're you know obviously we're on the, the winning side of a, of a game against Blackpool it's quite a sad sight to see a team clearly with off-field problems I think they're run by that lunatic Oyston aren't they Owen Oyston yes. um, and he I think he had legal action going against Harvey's support for saying things and the, the uh, fans were trying to trying to get him out also he's clearly still in charge so you know that's a team that was not that long ago in the Premier League and is now I think destined for if not this season for next season they're, they're, they're destined for oblivion I think from what I saw of them today absolutely appalling turnout yeah it seems to be the old club with them I read an article last week saying that um, one of the lunatics that works there played We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel at half time when they were playing Bradford at home and it, 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 it <laughs> like, you know, what's going on there? Fuck me. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it, it's not even funny, is it? It's, um, I don't know. So you, you, I feel for Blackpool. I mean, they're, they're an old school club. They are an established football league club, but they're clearly on, on a downward spiral. So we catch them at a great time because we need the points. And you can only play who, who, who turns out against you, Charlie, can't you? I mean... Yeah. We, we we did a job. I thought that the first half we were totally dominant. They had one chance right on the death of the the half um, cleared off the line. It seemed I was a long way away from it, but it seemed to be scuffed shot that's cleared off the line right on the point of half time. 
I just, I think it's weird. I mean, as, as we're saying, we're delighted that we've won 3-0, but there is something really sort of sombre about playing a team when they're in that state because it just feels like we had to turn up and, and nothing more. I don't really feel I've got a, a sense of what we were capable no. of today. And I would even say we played a lot better on Tuesday night. I saw it described on Twitter during the game as a, a, at the end of the half as akin to a training match. Um, mm. And it did have that kind of workout feel where you're just trying to bring players in to, you know, in to get some kind of fitness and um, just, you know, work, work for a kind of team... Uh, team patterns and so on. There was no real contest going on. It had a, I found it, and I, I don't know if I'm out of line saying it, I found it quite dissatisfying as a win. It, great from our point of view, but it, it, there was no contest there, was there? It wasn't like you'd struggle to beat uh, a team of equals, if that makes sense. The old thing sort of felt flat as well after Tuesday night. And yeah. I think what a lot of the supporters are getting used to is this feeling of turning up on a Saturday in a game that it seems inevitable that we're going to win and we don't. So I think everyone was a little bit suspicious and uh, getting the early goal was just so essential, I think, today. If we didn't get that, I think it could have been a different story. Yeah, I mean, we. I think I just, doing the live piece, I described us as playing on 80% and, and it felt like that, but that was good enough. And um, they, in fairness to them, I mean, 2-0 down at half-time, they, they almost had a chance on the stroke of half-time to get a goal, which we cleared off the line which would have hurt if we'd have conceded at that point. But um, I thought they came out of a little bit more purpose after the break. I mean, you're, you're right. The manager must have given them a rocket up their asses at half-time, mustn't he? Yeah, they um, they started a lot better. And um, I think we struggled to get it into their half for a while. But it was also the fact that, um, I don't know, they didn't feel threatened by Blackpool, which could have been a genuine mistake. I mean, all they had to do was get one goal back and our situation... Game on, was wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, I had that worry as, as it was going along that uh, Blackpool for the second half were at least showing a little bit more purpose and getting men forwards. There was The number two, I think, was the guy that got sent off, actually, was um, getting forwards down the wing a little bit more. And it was just it was just like a vague worry. It wasn't a real kind of concern, but there was just a sense that if they can get one goal, then anything's possible. But yeah, there's a sense of um, there's a loss of spirit, camaraderie, whatever you want to call it. And I, you, you saw that today from from Blackpool. I mean, we 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 didn't really have to shift out of third gear too much. The the penalty was was a was a nice cushion in the end because I thought even at two 0 we weren't so far out in front that we could really rest on our laurels. But the penalty when it came again, I terrible podcast this is. I didn't see enough of the handball. I presume it's for a handball and then nicely converted by Steve Morrison for three 0 and that really was game over at that point, wasn't it? It was hard to tell from where I was sitting as well, but. Um... If I haven't seen the incident, as I say, one of the ways to try and judge whether it is an arse decision or not is from how uh, the sort of opposition reacts to it. Yeah. And I think I wasn't sure if it was because they did think, yeah, it was an amble, fair enough, or just because they'd given up on the game by that point. I think they but couldn't give a shit by do afterwards. Yeah, they couldn't give a shit. I think they just wanted to get in the showers and get on the coach and head back up north. Um, but 3-0, that was that was it, game settled. Um, as we said earlier on, it was a strangely, it, it was a win, but it didn't leave you exactly buzzing as you came out for, for such a decisive 3-0 result. I didn't feel like I was floating on air walking down the stairs to leave the, the stadium, did you? No, it wasn't like the sort of um, adulation and, and joy that I had after like the Walsall game, for example. No. But I think um, as it... As it sinks in and you see the effect it's actually having on our league position, it makes me feel a lot better. And seeing that uh, Gillingham and Coventry failed to win again is also a massive plus. So it, it just feels now 
like my perception of our seasons changing. For a long time, I never thought we were good enough for automatic promotion. And, and even though I'm still a lot more confident about finishing the playoffs, I feel like every point that we make now is, is really sort of increasing our chances. Yeah, I agree. I just picked up a few stats from postings on the message boards. Um, uh, just two league defeats in 2016. That was Barnsley away on, on New Year's Day, sort of 2nd of, uh, of January, and then Scunthorpe at home the other week. Um, so just two league defeats in what is now, what, two months. Uh, six clean sheets from the last eight matches. That's quite something as well, Charlie. You know, not to concede on, on, on six out of eight, I think is a fantastic return. That's brilliant because um, I would never really have assumed that Harris would set us up in that way. I might have expected it from someone like Jacket. I mean, it feels like Harris's emphasis is on, on the sort of attacking style. So if we can get clean sheets as well, then we're laughing. I mean, I want to pick out three names from that, that 11 today that started. I mean, Jordan Archer, I, I, I've written my notes here that I feel like I'm almost taking Jordan Archer's top-level performances for granted now. It's almost like the, what, it's the expectation from a man who's quite a young player still. But he just breeds so much confidence. I think that, you know, the return of Archer after the kind of brief dalliance with uh, Ford, that's been critical in those, you know, six clean sheets out of eight. But I'm finding I'm just expecting top draw from him as as a normal most. It's excellent. I mean, it's great not to have that sort of um, bone-shattering fear every time a cross or a corner <laughs> comes into the box anymore. And... Um, one of the things with Arch today, probably one of his more unremarkable performances, but that was only because he did, didn't get tested. And, and sometimes when that happens, your concentration can go and you can sort of fuck up. And uh, yeah. when we needed him to be alert, he was. He made a couple of good saves in the second half. And that you, what, the point you just made there is very good because it was a cold day. It was easy to switch off. And I think their number six or number eight hit a volley from just outside the penalty area that you know needed his attention, and he was there ready for it. And he made a couple of little tip overs um, during the course of the second half that you know j- just kept them at bay, and, and that was that was a critical thing. Another player that I want to pick out, and I'll get your take on Marlon Romeo. I, I think this boy's top draw, Charlie. I think he's got he's got the X factor. Um, earlier in the season, I was name checking Fred as the man with the X factor, but I want to withdraw that from the members of the jury and, and and replace it with Marlon Romeo. I think this boy looks the real deal. I think he's sensational. He's so good, and uh, at points in the game, we were sort of talking to the people in front of us, and we were saying, "Is he possibly lying about his age because he looks so mature and?" able to read the game well that is extraordinary that was probably what his sixth professional yeah performance and, and even, uh, that's you'd say that was after six years of in the professional level the, the maturity of the performance the tackling and the forward play and as you're right six that's six games into his professional career the, the boy i think is on fire and i think that you know we can never retain our, 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 our darlings for long at millwall but we have to get top dollar for Ro- romeo because i think he's he'll be worth every penny when we come to sell him on Sorry about that. A motorbike's just gone past. <laughs> Fucking, it's the worst thing. You, you, you have all the technical issues, you get going, and then fucking Dennis Upper comes past. <laughs> Listeners won't know, but Charlie and I have been having a complete utter shambles of an evening so far, trying to get Skype to work. And now we've thankfully got a bit of a link going at last. And, and as you say, Dennis Upper drives past Easy Rider. <laughs> We just—I feel like we're the sort of low mass and break of podcasting <laughs> Marlon Romeo. Um, I, I, I like it. I, I think he's going to go the full distance. Let's hope we can keep him as long as possible because um, I think surely the uh, the bigger clubs will come sniffing for him. 
Um, another youngster, uh, Charlie, I want to pick out and see what your take on today's performance is Ben Thompson in midfield. I thought the boy done fantastically well. He's a, he's a he's a combination of Tim Cahill and Terry Herlock rolled up into one for me at the moment. Another player who just looks um, mature beyond his years and I think it was essential that we brought someone in to the middle of the pitch and shake things up and that's exactly what he's done. A lot's been made of um, Sean Williams' sort of decline, which I would, would definitely agree with, you know, that has been yeah. the case. But... Um, even when Williams had decent games or Upson did or, or Abdu did, there was never really that individual in there who was always willing to chase a cause and put a tackle in. That's and right. that seems to embody Thompson's game. I, I, I'm really excited about the prospect of him. And even if he doesn't turn out to be the greatest footballer, you just know that determination is going to make him go a long way at Millwall. Totally. He's a Millwall player, Charlie, and that's a certain type of player. Um, I watching him today. I, the other day, I saw comparisons with Herlock. I, I was thinking more of Cahill, and I see this is high praise. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's a hyperbole to come out with this kind of stuff because he just looks the part at the moment. Let's hope it lasts, and let's hope for his sake he can progress on. But I just really like the look of him, and I mean, someone posted it. He's got like Spring Hill Jack, the Bermondsey legendary apparition that appears with springs in his heels. He does seem to be able to jump high, which is what reminds me of Cahill in his prime. Yeah, and um, he was my man of the match as well. And there's nothing yeah, more. I'd, I'd go with that. Yeah. There's nothing more heartwarming at Millwall than to see a, a young player sort of tell the opposition player to fuck off as he gets off. off. <laughs> he's, he's challenged him. Um, that's what it's all about. Totally, totally. All we need now is for Sid Nelson to maybe put on a, a, an extra, you know, half a stone of muscle and uh, take the same role on. We'll, we'll have a real Millwall side going there, won't we? If he can maybe headbutt someone at Priestfield on the last day of the season, I'll be delighted. Because we're writing the script already, aren't we? But we're well placed. I mean, I think we're fifth at the moment, um, six points off the Magic second promotion spot, which is... Wigan's at the moment. Um, such a shame we couldn't have finished off Wigan on Tuesday night. I don't know if you were down there, Charlie, but yeah, yeah. We, I, th- I thought we were genuinely unlucky on Tuesday night not to not to get a win out of that. Um, that was a one hundred percent performance on Tuesday. 80 percent today, in fairness, but that was all that was needed. I think uh, the Wigan game on Tuesday night was one of the most intense midweek performances I've seen down there in a long time. It's been a bit of an issue, not just this season, but in the past, but they looked really up for it on Tuesday. Just couldn't finish. But I would say probably the fact that Wigan managed to sort of escape that game without without taking too much damage suggests that they probably will go up themselves. Yeah, no, I, th- I think they were. They're, they're a good, they're a quality side, Wigan, in League One terms. But we made them look a, we didn't make them look like a quality side at all. We, our, our hard work on Tuesday made them look very ordinary. And I, it was strange, actually. I, I, I kind of enjoyed the game and I don't know, it floated out of the dead on Tuesday, but I certainly came out of a buzz on Tuesday night more than I did after this 3 0 win today over a Blackpool team that almost looked beaten as they put their shirts on in the dressing rooms today. Yeah, there was a real combination between disappointment and um, optimism after the Wigan game. And I think what's happened this season, the last two midweek matches have, have really sort of summed up why we might struggle to get that automatic place because you had the scumfoot result just after the, that fantastic yeah. win at Walsall. Yeah. And then you've, you've failed to beat a 10-men Wigan. Um, it, it's just those fine margins that maybe mean we're going to be playoffs rather than automatic, in my opinion. But I mean, playoffs, I mean, if it does come to that, I mean, obviously we all still retain the hope of the second position. I think mean, Burton look like they're going to be good enough to to take the championship. But so second place will be 
if we're going to do it, will be the most realistic target. But if we do have to settle for the playoffs, um, the mere fact that we are in that position, I think, is a fantastic step forward from where we were when we came down, you know, on, on the back end of the clown and, and then uh, then Harris trying to keep us in the championship last season. So, you know, it would be more than adequate, um, you know, kind of uh, uh, recompense for, for what we've suffered in recent years so we can get into the playoffs. It'd be an incredible achievement in Harris's first full season as well. I mean, in hindsight, I'm not too bothered about the fact that we didn't win that Johnson's pain trophy, but no, I think no I for, for Harris to win a trophy in his first season more than anything. He's really coming good now, Charlie. I, I mean, I, I think that it's, it, it's interesting watching the team evolve over the course of the season. It's also, also interesting watching Neil Harris's management style and technique evolve at the same time because... You know, he's made mistakes and errors. I think he's put his hands up to that. But it's interesting watching this team start to gain confidence and really looking apart at the moment. And that's down to him, isn't it? Yeah, I feel he's really sort of developed a game plan since yeah. the new year. You know, he's very confident in what his best side is and how he's going to be able to approach home and away matches differently. He's just really flourishing at the moment. And, um, you know, there's no one else I'd, I'd rather see as a success down there. No, agree with that 100%. Um, away game next week. We're away at Swindon. I'm going to go down. I'm going to drive down there for that one. So I'll be doing a show from uh, County Ground, I think it's called, isn't it? Down there at Swindon. So um, if we can come away with a point, possibly three, then it's, you know, fingers crossed. It's it's looking like a an interesting end of the season, an interesting um, finish. And I think we would all have settled for mid-table respectability this year. So for it to be on the plate now, it's... Um, it's a tribute to the, the squad and to the management, in my opinion. Definitely. I think it's going to be hard next week. I would probably take the point. They are the form team in the division, Swindon yeah. at the moment. They've had a real resurgence. But who knows? I mean, I think we're capable of beating anyone on the road this year. I think it's going to be a big turnout. It's an all-ticket game. I think it's a it's a full house from the Millwall side of things. So that's always guaranteed to make a lively afternoon. So um, fingers crossed for next Saturday, Charlie. Definitely. Uh, I think you and me have done our bit for the internet and society for one night now, Charlie. I think between the Skype and uh, the motorbikes and the, the biker gangs of, uh, of around where you live, I think it's time to call it quits, mate. Yeah, I think we've earned ourselves a sherry, to be honest. I think a sherry is just an appropriate tipple for me right now. Fantastic, Charlie. I really appreciate your time, mate. I'll talk to you again very, very soon, I hope. My pleasure. Cheers, mate. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.